No. Oh, yeah, he fought for it, yeah. and then one of them got it back and threw it. So yeah. it's three, three Astro fans. Huh. I think you were probably passed out by this I just, time. That's where I knocked out right there. Yeah, it, uh, so Puig gets this bomb of a home run, dude. God, bro. Banco you called Puig, it. Baby. Did somebody call it? I did. Banco I did, yeah. Puig, baby. I said uh, on the chat, I was like, Puig's going to hit a home run right now. He's going to hit a home run. <laughs> and he totally did. Dude, he, he rapes his ball, just crushes it, right? I think that was the ninth inning. No, 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 no. This was an extras already because they took really? the lead. Yeah, they took the lead, and then, uh, and then they came back. Um, they blew the lead, and then they, these people tied it, and then they went into this. So, so Puig comes up, hits this bomb. The ball goes into, like, the first row in the outfield out there, right? But, like, you know, like, elevated up there. And some girl catches it, I think. And then, like, her and her boyfriend or husband are, like, oh, okay. yeah, celebrating. Yeah, yeah. And this guy who's next to, to him just reaches over and goes, give me that. Yanks the ball off and goes, ain't no fucking Dodgers. <laughs> Throws it back. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so the look like, on her face was like, yeah, yeah I saw it on Sports Center. Uh, apparently, yeah. I think they knew the guy and the story is pretty funny. I haven't read the story, but I heard, I, I think I saw the quote and it said just fuck because fuck the Dodgers. That's what the guy wrote. <laughs> um, so that part was great. And then and then you have the uh, the George Springer play where, he's, where he was coming running up and, and dove and missed it and then they got the extra run on. Dude, I'm telling you, I was just falling off my chair. I haven't enjoyed a baseball game that much. You know what it felt like? It didn't feel like a baseball game. It felt like a video game. Like a bullshit video game because you, you're not supposed to see the stuff we saw yeah, in that you're game. Not, you're, not. you're not supposed to see that in baseball. You're not supposed to see the two best teams in baseball, which are the Astros and, and the Dodgers. They had the best record. They were start start to finish you know the best teams like this, you're this not supposed a, to see this, this is the first time since i don't know how uh when but it's a very long time that mm-hmm. both teams are 100 win teams oh really yeah, yeah. that's a good stat there I yeah. I, 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 I it, it would be better if i could tell you when the last time it was but, <laughs> <laughs> but it has been a very a super long time dude i'm telling you okay so let me find i think i had a stat line from the game that uh was mm-hmm. insane um here it is okay these are this is the game five recap okay 25 runs were scored. Soak that in. 25 runs in a baseball game, okay? Nasty. Dolphins couldn't even put up a single field goal up in their football game, okay? (laughs) These guys put up 25 runs combined. (laughs) 28 hits. 417 pitches were thrown. 14 pitchers were used. And the game took 5 hours and 17 minutes to complete. And and now, here's the thing. Game 1, which was started by the same two pitchers, only lasted two hours and was it two hours and like twenty eight minutes? Yeah, that or something game like flew that? by. That game flew, flew by. by. Yeah, it was yeah, record. Yeah. It was it's like it's dominated by good starting pitching in that game, and the bullpen kept up. But dude, insane, bro, insane. And then, uh, you know, uh, a guy who I remember watching at the first World Baseball Classic was part of the guy Guriel, who hit this bomb, dude, and he was such a no doubter. Like, you know, I I got Cuban ties, and uh, I like seeing these Cuban kids like do. Kids, I mean, they're grown ass men. Um, I like seeing them succeed on, on the big too, stage. No? How old is uh, yeah? The Guriel story is, is a, no? yeah, it's a great, it's a, it's a crazy story. He was, you know, at the World Baseball Classic in 2006, he was the best player on the Cuban team, and that team mm. made it to the final and lost to Japan. So he had such a coming out party where everybody in baseball was drooling over this kid. But he also comes from a background of, of a very famous Cuban baseball family. So in Cuba, his situation was never great. But it wasn't maybe as bad as some other people, maybe. Right. But it wasn't great. Like, he really wasn't making any money or anything. But um, he decided to stay in Cuba. Didn't defect. And instead defected 10 years later, you know, and played a year in Japan for, like, a million-dollar contract. And then, like, 80% of the contract goes back to Cuba. And he only got to keep, like, 20% of it. Um, and, well, after that, he ended up signing this big deal with Houston this season. So he's a 33-year-old rookie who, 22 years, uh, who when he was 22, had his showcase. So imagine... You kind of miss these 10, 11 years of this guy's prime because he could have been really great, and you're seeing his skill level. Not only that, but the, but the amount you develop 
a lot better in, in, in Japan. I, in, I mean, in the U.S. than he do in Japan or in Cuba or wherever yeah. he was, you know? So that's a lot. Like, if you think he's good now, imagine if he would have been in our minor leagues. Yeah, if he you had know? had the chance to, you know, to play against this type of competition. Because obviously at 33, he's showing that he could just plug right in yeah. and do everything that he can. He hasn't skipped the beat, honestly. Yeah. You know? And then on the other side in how Los much Angeles. Money? How much money did he lose out on? Can you imagine that? Well, he banked a good contract now. I think he got something like 40 or 50 million with yeah. the Astros. But yeah, of course. 10 he, years ago, you know, exactly. 10 years I mean, of not making yeah. that. Now, here's the thing a pressure's on him now because remember, he's 33. How much more time yeah. does he have, you know? And But he keeps himself in good shape. And, he, you know, baseball, you can you can prolong. In baseball, it's, it's not uncommon to yeah. see guys go into the late 30s, even early 40s. I mean, Barry Bonds played until he was, you know, ancient. As long as you can still keep the skill of hitting. Yeah. You can, they'll mm-hmm. find a spot for you, bro. Julio Franco was like 50 years old and still playing, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ruben Very Sierra true. was like these old names from, you know, back in my childhood. Ricky Henderson, too. Ricky Henderson, great. Dude, Ricky oh, Henderson. Oh, yeah, man. He's still playing, isn't he? No, no, it feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, somewhere in some league, yeah. Ricky, Top Ricky, of the park or something. We, we, were at a, we were at an event in, uh, in, during the All-Star. Um, All-Star weekend. During right. All-Star weekend, and Ricky Henderson was at this, like, uh, pop-up store thing, and some, uh, along with some other Hall of Famers. That's when we met Andre Dawson and Gary Sheffield and everything. Yeah. And we were told by the people running the event, they're like, hey, look, hey, you can have interviews with any of the guys that you want except Ricky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, man. They're like, Ricky doesn't do interviews because he's mm-hmm. just – and it's, it, it's not Mr. Henderson. It's Ricky because he yeah. refers to himself as Ricky, Ricky. Henderson. Ricky. Like, yeah. he's, he talks in the third person. This guy personified – this guy was The Rock before The Rock was The Rock. Oh, you know, like, crap. he developed talking in the third person he just has a very eccentric character but dude even at his age that he is now still look good bro yeah he does he looked good i got him to pose for a nice picture for me like he was actually mm-hmm. uh uh you know approachable to that extent but just wait till we ask him for an interview yeah <laughs> man in front the, the, the it was always oh, a showcase um for uh for hat right for these like fitted hats they were, how much were they going for like two four hundred bucks yeah something, something ridiculous it was like some designer it was like some special edition mm-hmm. uh new era hats that were made by a designer and they had some reference to like certain was, teams that's um, why these guys were there whose son was it uh oh uh jerry man uh, jerry manuel jerry manuel jerry manuel's the, uh, son yeah the yeah. old yeah. uh major league coach he's like a designer now so his son is a yeah. is a designer so yeah. he came out with a with a line of hats that it's called fear of god that's yeah. the brand and, oh, uh, oh God. my yeah, God! Yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Said that. We don't know. Oh, okay. It's sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. You know, millennials here. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. No. I don't know about that before yeah, that event. Either. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, the fear of God. We were at that show, and then Ricky was there. And the first thing he does when they give him his hat that says Ricky on and everything, he puts it on. First thing he does, he goes, eh. bends it in half yes. like the way he does. Oh, he puts it, and then everybody else was kind of like, you know, being general. I'm like, dude, this guy just bent a two hundred dollar hat like no big deal. I'm like, he's Ricky. Yeah, what are you gonna do? He's Ricky. No one was gonna say anything to him, you know. But uh, but it, it, it's cool, man. It, it was it, that actually was probably, and I totally forgot about that. That has definitely got to be one of the coolest days, dude. I was just surrounded oh, yeah, by was so guys cool, that man. I grew up idolizing. It was just we, so cool. We interviewed Sheffield and Dawson together. Oh, that was man. awesome. And man. Strawberry was there. I mean, yeah, Dave Winfield Strawberry was there. Was there. Yeah. Wow. yeah, Strawberry Winfield was there. Emmanuel was there. Um, I feel like we're forgetting one other person, but uh, yeah, a white guy. I don't know, <laughs> but it was it was a good time, dude. It was it really was. It was awesome. It was an experience for us. But but yeah, Ricky, dude. He he. How do we get to Ricky? <laughs> oh, we're talking about know. the gorilla. Yeah, like you, you, if you can keep yourself, if you can keep doing a skill. This, this is what we do. For- this is what we do. This is, how, this is why I love the show. Um, if you can keep up a skill like that, then you can prolong it. it unlike the NFL where you really, like what Brady is doing is just, it's, un- it's unheard of, bro. Yeah. You know? Like, Especially in football, you know? Yeah. How physical football gets. Mm-hmm. That's, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. As big as Shaq was, you know, you'd think that with such a body like that, 
he would he would always have an advantage over people. But even him, once he got to a certain age, like he's just that's that's the thing in basketball. Yeah. The biggest guys are the ones that break down the earliest. Yeah. As much as I hate the big fundamental, you know, I'm a big yeah, hater <laughs> of Tim Duncan. Homeboy was able to keep that skill for a long time, bro. Yeah, you look, yeah, have you seen him recently? He still looks good. Still looks old, dude. I he think it was old? his lack yeah. of personality yeah. that really cut the. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no personality. Had the sickest. <laughs> un- that was his worst stat line. His zero dude, personality. Yeah. Low key, I used to call him the uh, WNBA. Um, because it's just like it was so boring to watch, dude. I'm sorry, WNBA. I know the game's getting better. Homie. Yeah, wow, I'm, I'm on fire today, huh? For real, um, dude. But uh, how many? <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get taken off the air, bro. Um, but no, 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 no. And with all due respect, and I mean with all due respect, with all due respect. Um, <laughs> no, it ain't worth a whales painting of China or whatever. Is it? I don't know. A velvet painting of a whales yeah. of China. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, okay, where was I going? Okay, Tim Duncan, low key. And I've mentioned this before. Best shoe game, undercover shoe game that he had. Okay, yeah, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan had signature oh, shoes. Tim Duncan. Look this up. Look this up. Well, we'll keep talking. Look up Tim Duncan skeleton shoes. He had his own line of Adidas, right? Mister, I own two yes, shoes. He, like, exactly. You would never guess, but he had one of the coolest signature shoes ever, dude. And it was Adidas, and people didn't know about it. But they were black and white shoes, obviously, to go with the Spurs colors. But if you looked at them, that yeah, look, you see the bottom of it? It's the footprint. It's like, it's bones. When you look at it from the top, it looks like a skeleton foot. And on the side, you see the bones. And then on the bottom, the clear soles had the bottom. It looked like a skeleton foot. He had fucking skeleton feet, Yeah, that's dude. pretty cool. That's, Those that's, were cool as fuck. It's all right. You know, uh, you're looking at a bad picture, bro. You don't know what you're talking about. For, for being Tim Duncan, I give him props. Exactly, exactly. Like, I mean, it's no Jordan. Because then again, no he, wore, he wore one flannel shirt for like his whole NBA career. Like, that, guy, <laughs> that guy was whack. Yeah. I do like the... I like it that... He, you know what I did like about Duncan, though? Is that he knew he was lame. And he made yeah. fun of himself. You know, like he, did yeah. those, he did those Foot Locker commercials. Like, he was a good sport about it, yeah. I guess. I'll put yeah. it that way. I, you know, I was, I'm just I was never a Spurs it. fan, but he was the, a good sport. Probably the lamest guy. And you see all these NBA players and how eccentric they are and, you know, the, these big personalities. Then you have Tim Duncan. Okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. He'll look good in a uniform. Black and white uniform. Like, you know, <laughs> like, that, like, come yeah, on. Yeah, that was Duncan, the most, like, know? Tim Duncan thing is to be put on the Spurs, dude. Oh, yeah, you know? But... Retires doesn't say a word. Yeah. Writes a letter. Of course, Tim Duncan writes a letter. He will write an email too technologically advanced. He yeah. writes a letter because he's old school. So he's handwritten born. letter. Handwritten. This man's handwritten. on point. This, guy, this man's on fire right <laughs> now. Right. He's dip, right. dipped a pen in the ink and everything. <laughs> like, and then he sends it to a, on, on pigeon to uh, <laughs> my dearest Abigail. I must inform you that I am no longer a member of the National Basketball Association. <laughs> Since forth my resignation, effective immediately, <laughs> this twenty third day of October. <laughs> regards, Tim Duncan. Sincerest regards, kind regards, Timothy Duncan. He like signed a, to Timothy. Timothy too. Duncan. Like his name is Tim. Like, he, like there's like the more I think about it, the more I realize there's nothing going for him other than he's no. you know really tall and he was good at basketball. Yeah. Really yeah. good at basketball. Like, yeah. You know, here's a here's a professional segue. You know who's really short but really good at his game? Who? Jose Altuve. Oh, that guy's so true. good, bro. God. That guy is so flipping good, man. And, and, and we said this last week before the series started. We said if you're a casual fan, and by my, my boy uh, Pan Compuig is up to bat right now, um, if you're a casual <laughs> fan and you're watching this, it's hard not to like the Astros. They have a cool vibe to them. Yeah, they they're, do. They're, they're like, like you said, like, um, like how the Yankees were like a year ahead of schedule. Um, kind of like the Hurricanes are. Like, we've been waiting for this moment. We've been seeing them coming for the last few years, and now we're, we're seeing the, 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 the fruition 
of everything they worked hard for. They're a fun team. Dude. And the thing is with this team, is it's organic. It's an organic yeah. team. They brought up all their guys. Yeah. yeah. Their highest paid player right now on a per season basis is like Altuve. He's earning like seven million. Yeah. That's that's it's absolutely a bargain, dude. nothing. Yeah. It's a bargain. Yeah, the, the only guy I can that I could I mean I'm not super baseball knowledgeable, but the only guy I can tell you that they got from somewhere else is Verlander. Yeah. yeah, and that was a trade, and they, yeah. they, they and they traded for him. And I'm pretty sure that Detroit's playing. Uh, no, and it was a, it was a waiver trade, so that means yeah. they put him on waiver, so that means that uh, Detroit was on the hook for the for the salary. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm sure there was like a prorated salary. Yeah, you know, sort. and it's cool because you get to see both. You get to see both sides of the coin. You have you know the Dodgers, who their owner is Magic Johnson, and they really pounded money into yeah. this team and to grab all these great players. Yes, they have. You know these players that they brought up, but yeah, no, you know, it's definitely a, contrasting style. Team. These are yeah. two contrasting. And then things. you have the Astros, who a couple years ago, when they were sent to the American League, they were sent, you know, dude, they were hung out there teams. to drive. They were a hundred lost yeah. team a couple seasons. ago. You know, man. and then you have this short guy Jose Altuve because you have no one else to bring up. Let's give this kid a shot. He mm. got cut by the Astros a couple years before yeah. that. You know, people are like, you know what? You know, he threw shit at a wall and it stuck. Bro, he's basically. good, bro. He's so good. But I'm telling you, man. If like, like I said, I said it last week. And, and you'll say it again. I'll say it again this week. If you don't like a team, it's really easy to root for these Astros. They're fun to really watch, easy. dude. They're fun. Altuve's the passion. I'll tell you who's really made me, who I've become a fan of in this series. And it's it's uh, it's an Astro guy. Uh, Bregman. Oh, boy, it's the truth, bro. Oh, Alex Bregman? Dude, he's the truth. No, he hit the, the walk-off. Dude, um, he, yeah, five. he had the walk-off yeah. hit in game five. But the guy is legit. Like, he's mm-hmm. just naturally very, very good, man. I, I'm, I'm impressed with his game, his defense all around. Him, Altuve, Correa, Springer has come to life in this series. And, you know, and he's another one of those. Kind of he's out. another one of those guys that has a good personality. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. here's here's the thing about this team: like, they have you know these these stunned guys, but they have the right veterans to really shape this team up. Altuve, who I consider now a veteran, he's been in the league yeah. a lot. Reddick, um, Brian, is uh, Reddick, Brian McCann. I hate Brian McCann. You know? Brian McCann is forever in the pit on this show, bro. Really? Yeah, Why? he's forever in the pit. Because he's just a chump, dude. He's Mr. Uh, play Baseball the Right Way. He, You know what he is? He's fucking Make America Great Again. I don't fucking like him, bro. Sorry. <laughs> That's what he is, bro. He's one of those guys who's just like, bro, he doesn't like he doesn't like Puig. He didn't like Jose Fernandez. He oh, doesn't like... He's probably he doesn't like, like, okay, you know, yeah, I see where you're going with this. He, didn't like, he doesn't like, probably doesn't like Hispanic players. I don't, um, you guys remember uh, Ian Kinsler when they were... His yeah, comments? yeah. Except yeah. Brian McCann is even worse. Yeah. Yes, sir. Baseball <laughs> is a game and we must play it like robots. Exactly. That, no emotion. And it's, I, I hate, hate it. That. That's what like... Uh, if you don't remember, Brian McCann was... Uh, when he was with the with, with the yeah, he got to a fight with, uh, with with Jose because yeah, he, he stared he, at his home run. Fucking dick, bro. I mean, look, <laughs> when he was, he was with the Braves, yeah, he was, oh, he's he one was, of those yeah. fucking Braves. I mean, yeah, I, I, was, understand, like, I understand if it was you know freaking uh, Stanton staring at his fiftieth moonshot, but it's Jose Fernandez. Yeah, you know, seriously. like the guy had a tough road to make it to the majors. Oh, he's yeah. a freaking pitcher. Yeah. He's like, he's only gonna do this two more times. You know, yeah. like. Such like a- that's why he's forever in the pit, dude. Give him some slack. Forever. Throw him in the pit again. Just throw some fucking shit on him. There you go. You know what? Yeah, put him deep in the pit. I would never do that. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, baby. Jock Peterson. Now, that's the guy I was going to talk about next. Jock Peterson. And he's going nuts. He's going nuts. Baseball should be like this. Was that a third home run in the series? Okay, it was a solo shot. But, dude, (laughs) hey. He just did the money sign. He just did the money sign twice. Oh, Lord. I got Jock Peterson if the Dodgers win. I think he's the MVP for them. He's hit some bomb home runs for them, and yeah. he's kept them in this series, dude. And he was a guy who, who was an all-star two years ago, had a horrible season, and was kind of barely hanging on, and all of a sudden just picked it up. Like, really, really picked had it up. Had a real nice rookie year. Yeah, he was, like I said, he was an all-star. From all-star to, to barely hanging on and almost not making the, even the playoff roster, dude. He was just kind of forgotten guy, like uh, Andre Ethier. 
Yeah. I, I was surprised to see him bat this World Series. I was like, wait, this guy's still on the team. I, I, said I, the go- same thing. I Googled him, too. I was like, whatever happened to Andre Ethier? I thought he traded him. Or yeah. He yeah. might be in the minor somewhere. Korea. No, he's uh, <laughs> he's uh, hanging Korea. in there. Yeah, yeah. dude. Hey, you'd be surprised, Final man. Some of these boys go out there to, to, to where Chris loves to go to. Chris, oh, if, yeah? you, if you can Snow have a buses? plane ticket to anywhere in the world right now. China. China. Yep. <laughs> that China or Japan? China. China? Yep. Why Easy. China? Because that's always what I've been into. Yeah. I think for Japan, what gets me is not even like the culture of everything. It's just to watch baseball in Japan. No. That'd yeah. be dope. That'd be China cool. for me has always been the spot for me. Really? Oh, Wait, is it Hong Kong, Beijing? or? Uh, I don't even know where to be honest. I mean, um, I'd probably say Hong Kong. Yeah? Yeah. What do you like about Chinese culture? Dude, everything, man. Uh, so like, women. I guess the, yeah, basically <laughs> women. Uh, like, my, I had a girlfriend when I was like 18. So <laughs> when I would go to the house, they would like have like home she made Chinese? Like, Chinese food. Yeah, she was she was Chinese Jamaican, which is actually like a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Oh, we know. We know. We know, we know a quite a few of those. Actually. Yeah. So, um, and with that, I just like the the culture with the people. They were so like respectful, disciplined, loyal, and everything. It was just I, I fell in love with it, man. And I actually come to find out, my dad. He's on the same tip. He has like a bunch of tattoos. They're all like, you know, ancient warriors and all this stuff. Yeah. So, Damn. China My first definitely. tattoo is a Chinese letter. <laughs> little what was Chinese it? little letter. Oh. It's, it's, like, it's right there. That was the first one. But I, I think I've confirmed that it means tiger, which I, it's just, yeah, I got a word tiger <laughs> tattooed. It's like so stupid. But anyway, he, he, at least he, he, it doesn't you mean like little penis. And you're like, I like that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, it really was. Yeah. I was like, I went in there for a piercing and I walked out with that. I was like, okay. He used to be really into frosted flakes. So yeah. He's like, that's, <laughs> the cheapest, that's the cheapest thing he could get. <laughs> I was like, yeah, look, I'm on a budget here, bro. I have frosted flakes, bro. <laughs> and then, and then I remember when they gave you the tattoo, dude, it took like a minute. And yeah. I was like, wait, that's it? And the guy's like, yeah. And I'm like, Man, this was kind of anticlimactic, dude. Yeah. I was like waiting to get my first tattoo, and it took a minute. And <laughs> like done, <laughs> that's it. But uh, that's all. That was your first one. So yeah, just that, that little tiny thing. Was that there. little tiny thing, I, dude. I thought I was so hard, bro, for the rest of the week, bro. I was wearing cutoff shirts, cut-off shirts and tank yeah. tops all day, and I just had one yeah. little letter. And mind you, when I got this tattoo, I was like, let's see, I weigh what? I weigh now like over two hundred. So I was like, <laughs> I was like about sixty pounds lighter, but the same height. So I was just this tall, skinny, like twig, kind of like a. Like uh, our boy yeah, over here, man. Ryan Seacrest here. He, uh, Furbalicious over here? Huh? Furbalicious? Furbalicious. Furbalicious, exactly. Furbalicious here, but, but, you know, Ferb is in much better shape than I was at that time. I was just a skinny kid with a big head. And all of a sudden, I thought I was the coolest shit with that tattoo. And then, like, <laughs> I, like I think like a week later, I got one on my back, and then I got a few yeah. more. I'm going to get a tattoo of uh, the face my mom makes when she's mad. So whenever I, I'm about to do something crazy, <laughs> yeah. I look, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe, yeah. I, should, maybe I should go back home. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Keep me in check. Man, you know, you know, you know what weird. I like about Jock Peterson, too? He's what? rocking Mike Piazza's old number, 31. That's yeah, just my uniform game. Hey, okay. Dodgers <laughs> uniforms. Classic. Classic all-time. I think it's the best in the National League. I mean, Yankees are the best in baseball, Yep. The, especially the home whites. They're, 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 they're timeless. Yankees, they never worn anything else other than this year when they wore those nickname jerseys. Um, <laughs> but the Dodgers uniform, it's just yeah, it's perfect. I, go I like the Dodgers one. I like the Nationals one, too. I think that one's real. Really? Real nice. I like, yeah, yeah. I, I, as much as I hate this team, I hate, I hate the Cardinals, but they, they dress up nice. The Cardinals, they, they clean up well. They do have a nice uniform. They, especially, they wear these like uh, off-white ones, too, for like on mm-hmm. one day of the week. I forget which yeah, day Yeah, like is. a cream one, right? Really? Yeah, like, yeah, that was super nice. nice, too. Yeah. But, All right, so, so Dodgers are up 3-1 right now. Dodgers are up 3-1 in uh, Game 6, so what whenever you, you guys hear this, uh, tomorrow you'll be you think they'll be able to hold Game off? 7. You think they'll be able to hold off? I hope so. I hope so. I want to see Game 7, dude. Yeah. yeah after too. what we had in game two, after what we had in game five, 
So what we're having right now in Game Six, which is delivering, also. Game Seven, yeah. brother. Two most exciting words in sports. Best thing, dude. Game Seven. Now, seriously, is there anything better? I, I we've talked about this, but I want to ask our Fabulicious over here. Yeah. Is what is the best thing anyone can do in sports? What's the best like moment? Like the best like feeling a person can feel? Because I I think whatever you tell me, I can beat it. <laughs> in sports. In sports. Walk off home run without a doubt. Son of a bitch. I guessed it, right? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> he, he guessed right. He's Walk fucking off home my, run, bro. My, my, Walk off home run to, my thunder to, win, right here. to win the World Series? Dude, I think... I, game. I, Joe, well, yeah, to win a game, but I think Joe Carter has the best moment ever. So Joe you know, Carter was... was so hitting a walk-off. I interviewed uh, one of the players um, from that team, Juan... There's a picture. I forgot. I'm Juan Guzman. Right Juan Guzman, yeah. yeah. I, I interviewed him. Uh, Don't look at me like that, Gus. I know all this stuff. I interviewed him uh, <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and I, I mentioned it because I, I don't really know who he was. He was kind of maybe like a low-key player from that roster. Uh, he was good. He and was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I looked him up, and he was like very nonchalant. Once, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Two in a row. He had that like, Jerry oh, curl. Cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I was like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, nice. Juan Guzman. Isn't that, that that Puerto Rican actor from New York? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, he's uh oh my god, he was in waiting and he's uh <laughs> yeah. he was in narcos too. He yeah, plays yeah. uh oh man. Ah, uh, he was in narcos. Huh? Juan Guzman? His last no, I no, think the his last, actor, name, his is last Guzman, name is Guzman. But no, that's not his first, his first name. name I forget what it is, but the guy from Narcos, he was in waiting. He was in waiting. He's the guy yeah. that does the, the dirty bat ass wing chef. Yeah, yeah, he does oh, the bat man. wing, yeah. he's telling you about it. Like, <laughs> 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 Don't look at it. <laughs> but uh no, yeah, he was he was great. No, and and I, I you're absolutely right. Like I said, it's the walk off home run, dude. There's it, and it has everything you want, dude. You beat you beat a guy in a one on one situation because this pitcher's trying to get you out. You right? own him. You, you own him. Own him. Like, then you get to pimp the trot all the way around the bases. Yeah. While a stadium full of people just are in awe of you, dude. They're just cheering you on, like. Oh my God! This, yeah, it, just fuck it, man. That's the best shit ever, dude. Like it's the, hands yeah. down. I love the it. Closest dude. to that, you know, oh, the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders fashion show, right? Yeah, oh, I that think was, that, yeah, that, yeah. and then like <laughs> dunking a basketball. And I think it's probably like number no, three. It was um, <laughs> uh, a lot of people forget about it. David Freeze, Game Six, oh. uh, the walk off homer that he yeah. had. That he was had a good absolutely. One, but- you yeah, know. for the, that was for the Cardinals, right? Yeah, for the Cardinals. Yeah, he got traded. I think this season after order. I think so. Yeah, uh, I remember Freeze. But yeah, no, it, it, there's few guys that have had it. Hell, uh, Alex Gonzalez in 2003, man, for the Marlins, man, when he hit that, that right. bomb. Aaron oh, fucking yeah. Boone, like, he will forever be remembered for winning the <laughs> winning the pennant on, on, on a walk-off at Yankee Stadium, dude. Like, yep. he's forever immortalized in New York, yeah. mm-hmm, like, yeah. folklore. And that's and well, that's, incre- that's saying a lot. I'll always remember fucking Craig Council just running in, running into home, bro. Yeah, Craig Council, that's a big one, too. But you know what? Bobby Bonilla hitting that home run in that the game that led up to it because he tied the game in like the eighth inning I think it was mm-hmm. that he got that home run yeah man oh forgot to do a little shout out here best tweet of the year best tweet of the year was the, this some guy uh, at underscore rally cap he posted a uh, Monday 10am wife so, so are you going to work or me? It's tied at 38 and Puig is pitching. I'm taking a vacation day. That's exactly <laughs> what it felt like in the game. Oh shit they brought in Jansen in the top of the eighth already with one out Dodgers ain't Crazy. wasting nothing, but I'm a, I'll be I'll be honest. I'm a little skeptical about Jansen. Like I I think he's I don't know if he's been used too much or he's not in the zone right now. He's not in the zone. He's not. He's he not he looks zone. he looks a step off. Yeah. He's still you know five steps better than most people. Yeah. But he does look he looks vulnerable. He Same looks thing. a little. I, I don't know. I don't know if you if you've overused the bullpen um, in the in the World Series because these starters are not going more than three innings. Yeah, but the, but the other the other thing is and and Guriel's batting. It looks like he's popping up. Um, but the other thing is. 
it's just they, they've bro they've seen a lot of each other you know yeah. they know the tape they've played a lot these guys th these are what is it 162 game regular season that these guys have played everything is out on them they know where the, they like the pitches they know what everything that you can possibly know about the teams is is, is it's a mining game research you know. yeah it's at this point it's it's literally right now i think the world series when it's two teams this good and that they're playing this hard and you know we're getting to potential games it's survival of the fittest yeah. it's not survival of which team is better it's literally which team can like not die first Without a these doubt, guys yeah. are just done they're tired they're exhausted they're, they the bat is heavy the, the their <laughs> legs are tired everything dude imagine dude Baseball is, it, it's, you know, people discredit baseball players because you guys got, you got guys like CeCe Zabathia with the giant belly and guys <laughs> named Bartolo Colon, you know, uh, keeping it it's up. Easy big to make, it's easy to make fun of the pitchers, but it, they, they don't play every game. Yeah. But even then, the amount of, the, the, the taxing that takes, the, that, that it does on their bodies, man. Yeah. Like baseball players are, soccer players, yeah, they're, 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 they're Adonises and they look great and, you know, you see them running, so you, you respect that. Right, but baseball yeah. players... It's a lot of work, man. When I used to play Little League, we used to have games that they were like back, like, you know, one day this game, next day, back to back. Yeah. And by the second game, my arm was was dead. Dude, I'm telling you. Know? You and pitched? Uh, no, I, I didn't. That was, okay. that, was, that, was, that was the funniest part. I wasn't a pitcher. <laughs> yeah, man, look, I was, I I was, was on a very basement. serious yeah. recreational adult softball league. Okay? I, play, I play adult softball now. I could, I could only play like once a week and I yeah. was done, bro. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine these guys doing it, you know, back adult? to back days. What's dude. adult softball? Yeah, don't worry about it. If you got to ask, you can't be part of it. What's a ZJ? What channel is that on? <laughs> <laughs> the Ocho. Um, oh, Jansen with another strike out. Looks like we're going into the ninth. So, okay. yeah, we're not allowed to do play-by-play, -play, right? Yeah, but you, you do it anyways, dumbass. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Third, that's the third strike. Third strike, we're, I'm out. We're, right, we're, getting, we're getting taken show. off the show. We're getting taken off to there, there tomorrow. So what, what are the takeaways that you got from this, this World Series, bro? I like, think, is there anything else that, like, you, any storyline or anything? I, think that, so. I just think it's, it's, it's very exciting. You know, there's a lot of offense, but there's also, like, like I said earlier, it's, it's, the pitching is, is very good, but these yeah. guys, are, they just know each, other, they know each other that well. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm also very surprised, I'll be honest, because I was rooting hard for the Yankees. I mm -hmm. wanted a Yankee-Dodger one, and when we got Yankees-Astros, I thought I wouldn't be into it. Exceeded my expectations, no, dude. I'm without, super without surprised. A doubt, without a doubt. Very, very surprised at how... And it's, I'm telling you, it's been hard. I like, I like the Dodgers. I'm a Dodger fan. I became, a, got accepted into the, uh, the Dodger, uh, Los Doyers, as you see over here. Oh, nice, nice. My Doyers here. So to, to see that, it's been really hard not to root for the Astros, yeah. dude. Because, you know, leading, like I said, it's leading a cool into team, the postseason, bro. I really like the Yankees. These, this was like mm -hmm. the first class of Yankees players that they weren't the villains. You yeah, know, like like last yeah. time, last time they went all the way and they won the World Series. You had you know A Rod, who's you know yep. a, a, a pretentious prick and his mega contract. <laughs> you had Gene, who's making big boy money. Yep. Teixeira, who's under a max deal. Sabathia, same thing. So you had the really like businessmen, baseball yeah, team, yeah, yeah, yeah. cash cow type of thing. But these are the Yankees, like like you said, like they're a step ahead. Yeah. You know, and uh, you have. You know, Brett Gardner, who's, you know, making a decent amount of money. But then you also have Aaron Judge, who's been, you know, a surprise yeah. this year. And I'm totally blanking, but uh, their catcher, um, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez yeah. And, you know, he's phenomenal, too. He's not making that much either. Yeah. So this is a, you know. But this is only a one-year thing, because next yeah. year they'll have Stanton or Bryce Harper. And this and is all, you know, back to the, the a Astros, <laughs> as I like to put it. You know, they, it's, it's, it's a very organic team. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What about you? You got any uh, World Series takeaways or anything that... Uh, Surprises? Anything you want to mention here before we move on? No, there's nothing much, man. To be honest, yeah, no, great. That's pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much covered everything. <laughs> he covered everything and everything. He's been all quiet, and I'm like, all right, I think he's got hey, some hot much. take. No hot takes, bro. Not at all, man. Nothing. No. 
Damn. 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 Well, right. Oh, also, Next, uh, before we wrap, uh-huh. uh, have you guys heard about the baseballs? The baseballs? Yeah. No, they're uh, fun to play with, appara- I guess. I don't know. Appara- no, <laughs> ap- <laughs> apparently, there's a lot... There's a lot of pitchers that are complaining that the baseballs are slicker, the World Series ones. Oh, really? That's Juice why, ball theory again? That's why it's too, uh, it's, it's very offensive. I don't know. But um, Verlander even said that even signing the ball, the ink doesn't stay on because the baseballs are a lot slicker. So I don't know what that has to do. The league said that, you know. You know I met Bryce Harper. He signed my baseball. And then when I looked, there was no signature. Maybe that's true. Invisible ink. No, he's talking about World Series baseballs. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I didn't meet Bryce so, Washington. MLB <laughs> quickly denied it. They're like, no, you guys are just a bunch of you know overpaid bunch pansies. Of phonies. He's <laughs> like, it, it, it's just gold stamping instead of blue. Yeah. 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 So, All right, man, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it's actually true. Let's see. Game seven, dude. I'm excited. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll, we'll get we'll, it. Let's see if uh, the Dodgers could pull this off. Yeah. And then next week, we, we have another great story to talk about. Yeah, next but, week, we'll be uh, recapping the, the entire World Series. Entire World Series. We'll have a champion by then. Have a little championship. Unless they decide, you know, to keep playing. Maybe <laughs> we have another repeat of game five. And then, no. it's a, you know, Puig won't be pitching. Puig will be catching or something. You know, who knows? But, um, but all right. So, today is Halloween. And we've talked a lot about everything, but we really haven't talked about Halloween. But the one thing that I did see about Halloween today, the NBA guys, they know how to do it. Have you seen these oh, costumes yeah. that the players are wearing? Well, the NBA, the NBA, as as far as celebrities, are uh-huh. the biggest celebrities. They're they're the ones the most the most personality. They get the most media. They're uh, so marketable. You know, they're, exactly. All of them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But have you seen the costumes? Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, we're gonna do a vote here, all right? Because mm-hmm. uh, our boy. Your boy. He's no, your boy. He's not my boy. He's not my boy. The brick. He, uh, <laughs> he dressed up. He threw a sick-ass party. Got to give it to him. They threw a big... For, for a bunch of losers that are, you know, with a worse record than the Knicks, they, they, at, least, they at least know how to have a good time. <laughs> so um, they threw a, a Halloween party, and our boy, LeBron, didn't he, you know, put on a little makeup to cover up his hairline, but it was still the same length. <laughs> and he dressed up as... Uh, Pennywise, the, the It guy, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, have you guys seen the movie It? No, nope. not the new one. Not the new one? No, I haven't seen it. Either. See, I'm telling you, I don't watch. Scary I heard it's movies, hilarious. Bro. I heard it's. I heard it's more funny than scary. Really? Oh, yeah? That's what I've heard. I yeah. want to watch it though. I wanted to watch it on my birthday when it came out in September. I don't like the guy scary from uh, stuff, the kid dude. from Stranger Things, Mike. He's in it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, See, I'm, I'm like a happy guy, bro. I don't know why people like to scare themselves and put themselves in those situations. Nope. I can't do it. Bro. Don't do it. I don't like it. I, I, like, I, I have like no interest in seeing that movie. You ever? You know a movie? It's stupid, but it's it really <laughs> fucked with me. Uh, signs. <laughs> yeah, like stupid omission. I don't know what. Yeah. Why? You know, Why? The, you know what part freaked me out when like they were showing the video, like the news footage or something, and then they're like, "Oh, look, the, the, the video." Yeah, and, and then, then you see that alien, alien just cross by. I'm like, oh. ah! like I just, just ah! you know, I just ran off, dude. It was the scariest oh. thing. Dude. Wow. I, I, but it was the suspense of that movie it drove me nuts, man. Horrible ending, by the way. One of the worst endings. Yeah, ever. that was. All like, those M. Night Shyamalan movies have horrible endings. Yeah, man. you know what? Except Six Sense, Sense. That's the only he one. He hit a home run with the first one, and then yeah. everything else afterwards, like, eh. The Village <laughs> was worse. Oh, The Village was so bad. The Village was so bad. I was so I, pissed. True story. I saw that movie in the theater. Damn. Yeah, yeah I might, I'll let I you figure out how it. I went to see it, but, you know, I, I, it was against my will, but I saw that movie <laughs> in the theater, and I was, like, I was about to piss myself the whole movie, <laughs> but then at the end, when I saw the ending, I was so mad. I'm like, this is why I don't do this yeah. stuff, dude. It's I think totally... I see M. Night Shyamalan, I we think, pretend. like, when, like, production companies go to work with him, they know, like, this shit isn't going to be a hit, you know, like, yeah. it's going to flop, so I, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I think that's, like, his Come niche. to me, I can do a better like, movie than you that. Know, you guys want a shit movie with a lot of hype? I'm your guy, you yeah. know? The thing is that his movies, like, the build-up is always really good. Yeah. But then when it gets to that one moment where it's going to make or break the movie, it always breaks. Yeah. You're like, what true. the fuck, bro? Like, if you would have just done something cool there, it would have been a classic movie. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, it's real kakapupu pipishire. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's a perfect, that's a perfect to word to describe the Shyamalan movies. Well, oh, okay, so we're going to from it to that. Okay. Yeah, so LeBron so, is Pennywise. LeBron is Pennywise. Uh-huh. Got to admit, look... It looked pretty, pretty look good. Yeah. Look pretty accurate. Looks just like him in real life, but looks, you know, and looks <laughs> like LeBron. It was, it was good. Um, but then there was the jigsaw. Yeah. Did you see the, the video Curry. of Steph? The only thing about Steph one, it was a mask. I like attention yeah. to detail. And in the Steph, when you see him riding the tricycle into the stadium, like when they get the, they pan the camera behind him, you could see like his head, like he didn't cover yeah. up the back of his head or anything. Yeah. But from the front, it looks scary. Like, like it looks legit like jigsaw just rolling in there, just looking all creepy and yeah. a little tricycle. Like, that that one when I saw that I was like okay that's cool that's pretty dope ass costume yeah then you saw um, what is it uh Millie Vanilli yeah David West and his wife saw what they were dressed Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle yeah, yeah. yeah yeah David West um <laughs> him and his wife were dressed up as Millie Vanilli with the with the girl you know it's true yeah that was pretty good too ooh 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 I love you. We can sing songs, right? Ferb has play. no idea what you're talking yeah, about right Ferb. now. <laughs> Absolutely. I am so lost. Ferb was like, dude, yeah. that was like 12 years before I was born. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was like yep. 12 years before I was I'm born. I love, girl. <laughs> you never heard of Millie Vanilli, bro? Those no, guys? Dude, I mean, behind I've, the music, I've heard bro. of it, but I had no clue like the lyrics you guys were saying. You gotta go about. behind All the right. music, bro. Do you know how many shows he's probably missed? Like, Living Color? Living Color? I know the band? <laughs> is there is there a band called is there a band? Yeah, really? Yeah. There's a rock band. Pretty yeah, good. No, 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 the TV no. show that's that launched the careers of Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey, all the all, all the Wayne, Wayne brothers. brothers. Was yeah. that Living Color? That was like an SNLish kind of show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what the band? Like, nice. What? This is more fun. Just asking him about old shit <laughs> yeah. before his time. I think I was about the band. I was like, Living Color band. Yeah, yeah man. I've heard yeah, of them. I think like like when you get like into the 30s, it's always like 9/11. Like where were you for 9/11? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you were like what two? Those, yeah, three? two, three, yeah. yeah Damn. Son of a bitch. I was crazy. just getting into yeah. dates. I was in high school. I was in college. I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> How was it for you guys? It was like a complete evacuation scenario? Because I have cousins that they were like... No, no, no. No, no. Was, I, was, I was here in college. I wasn't in New York. No. Yeah. But it was definitely yeah. scary times. Yeah. Like, for me, it, it, it was, was crazy. Weird. For me, it was, the, it was 2001, right? So it was the beginning of my senior year of high school. And uh, we're watching the morning announcements, and they just they instead of doing the regular morning announcements, they sh- they're showing the footage of 9/11. Wow. You see the plane go into the building, and everybody's like, "What? What fucking movie is this?" Like we had no idea yeah. what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Until eventually, they said, "Oh, you know, planes actually crashed into." I think about it. You know, like back in that time, like you know, oh three. It's the the show. No, oh one, no, oh, oh one, oh one, oh one. I'm so young, I remember. You yeah, know? yeah. You go, you go. They show, they show like the plane going into the school. Like they wouldn't show that now, you know. Like in yeah, school, yeah. Maybe? could you imagine? No, like just cuts to that. I don't know. It was like the the weird thing for me was because I was at I was in a class. I was driving to school, and this is before internet on phones. Yep. I think text messaging just started. So I remember I I heard about it. Yeah, at a beeper. On, yeah, I heard about it <laughs> when I was driving to school. I heard it on the radio. It's like, oh my God, this crazy stuff's going on. A plane's crashed. And then I'm like, what? And I got a phone call that confirmed it, but then I had to go to class. And I'm like, okay. So I go to class and nobody knew what was going on. So we had a whole psychology 1101, whatever class. And I'm there like thinking, wait, I think the world's coming to an end outside in New York. Oh, yeah. And I'm over here trying to figure out psychology. I ended up failing <laughs> the class. But uh, it, it was just this weird sense for like an hour and a half in class thinking, man, should I leave? Should I oh, say yeah. something? And then oh, right yeah. at the end of class, like an instructor came in and spoke to our teacher, said, "Hey, like whisper something in the ear." And the teacher said, "Oh, uh, I just got word that there's been some catastrophic event and everybody school's been canceled for us today, so go home." And I was like, "All right, fuck, that was a waste." So, but <laughs> that yeah, crazy. that was it. How do we get on to nine eleven, man? I mean, it's kind of like a downer here. What a 
Chris wanted to know how old Ferb was. When he oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Chris. All right, let's go hey, back look, to We showed our age with Facebook. You can show that age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So let's go back to Ric Flair. Um, no, no, no. No? Okay. What about Jason Bourne? We haven't done Jason Bourne talking a long time. Come on, bro. Let's go back to the oh, NBA Jason costumes. Well, okay. Wait. What about Jason Bourne? The, have you seen his new movies coming out? Suburbi, Suburbicon or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the new the, Matt Damon movie, Suburbicon? Yeah. yeah. It looks, it that looks, looks interesting. looks pretty interesting. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get I'll to check that. it out. All right. So... Millie Vanilli. So, Millie you Vanilli. got a VH1 behind the music. Right, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll Google it. Google it. Yeah. Uh, then you had a White Man Can't Jump. But then... Have I, you seen White Man Can't Jump? Yeah, I've seen White Man Can't Jump. Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. and Collison, that costume... I don't know, bro. I th- When that came out, I was like, they won Halloween. But then the other two were pretty good. Yeah. Even the David West one was pretty good, actually. But I think... I, I still go with White Man Can't Jump. I still go with White yeah. Man Can't yeah, Jump. Yeah, I think that costume sure. was just yeah. so good. Yeah. Considering they're basketball players, too, it was just such a perfect tie-in. Yeah. I feel like the other two were just kind of... And that's also outside of the box, because these two went with two movies that are out now. These Not guys like, put some thought into it and went with something that no one was talking about and said, yo, we're going to do it right. Now, like, if, yeah. if, uh, if Dwayne Wade would have dressed up as that little kid that Pennywise lures over to the fucking sewer, <laughs> that would have been pretty That would have been too. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, But other than that, as far as basketball goes... It's still early in the season. Fucking Ma- the Orlando Magic are in first place. I mean, come on. There's not much to talk about. I will say this, though. I'll say this. Um, and let me hold on. I want to make sure that I get my stats correct. So I don't want to come off, you know, with the, uh, the wrong information here. But before the season started, we were concerned. We were wondering the, the Heat were a team of uh, two halves last season. Mm. It was the 11 and 30 yeah. and the 30 and 11 finish. Yep. Yeah. And we said, all right, well. We all believed that they were more the 30 and 11 finish than the 11 and 30. But, dude, 2 and 4 right now. They're already halfway to, yeah. almost halfway to those 11 losses already in, with only two wins. They're not to pull off a hell of a streak to, to, to capitalize and try to get back to that 30 and 11. Like, that really. I mean, they're going to be somewhere in the middle. They're not going to be 30 and 11. I know. They're not going to be 11 and 30. They're gonna we're be not somewhere there. In the it's, it's a team that's, mi- that's missing just one thing, you know? It's like, it's yeah, like, well, it's like so side, closer, it's so White side got injured like, game one. I understand. I He's he been injured. out the whole time. I understand he got injured, and like you said, we're missing one thing. I totally agree with that point, too, but we had all offseason to address that one thing because we have the exact same squad well, yeah. that we had from last season. Uh, White we got the same talent. I know Whiteside White hasn't is, been playing. Is a rookie. I know Whiteside hasn't been playing, but the point is, there's Who's, really... Who just, who just scored you know, his first double-double last game. Yeah, but there's really no excuse. We, this team has everything that you want. They have familiarity, they have chemistry, they have a good bond, great coach, they have all these things. They don't and these have the were winnable games that they, they've lost, dude. They don't have the same kind of chemistry they had last season because they're still they're trying to work in Justice Winslow, the they're trying to work in Adebayo. I, I it's not exactly the same. I think that's my issue with them is that they run like a twelve man rotation. Like, like too many people. There's too mm-hmm. many guys, so like the Winslow for Okafor. Not it's gonna be a free agent, you saw that? Yeah. So I want I want Okafor Pierre. Just take him straight out. that heat jersey. <laughs> yeah, but my, my thing is their, their rotation. Like when I watch, I don't know why so everyone's so obsessed with the process, guys, bro. Oh. No, I, I like I like this. I, I'm 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 high on Philly. I like Philly. I like the the process. I trust Ben Simmons is the truth. He's good. He's good. Philadelphia four sucks, but I I still have faith that he just sucks because he hates Philadelphia. Like legit, <laughs> that guy just. Uh, I just I just can't wait to like. Three years from now, Philadelphia's like you know on the top of basketball, and everyone's like, mm-hmm. "Told yeah. you, so, yeah." Dude, I'm telling you, Philly, Minnesota, uh, NBA uh, finals. I don't know what year, but it's happening <laughs> pretty soon. Hot I, 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 I tweeted that out uh, earlier this season, but um, but no, I'm just saying, man. I'm looking at this this schedule that they had, you know, with the loss, and they won two, and they've lost three in a row now, including to uh, Timberwolves, which you said yeah. that was your squad over there. Um, that was a good game, though, man. Yeah, it was overtime. A good game. They've they've lost, uh, but they did get you know lost by 17 of the to the Spurs. 
And then that magic loss at the beginning of the season. I mean, it's the Spurs, yeah. But now we got the Bulls. Yeah. Bulls are predicted to be the worst team in the NBA. That, sh- that has to be a win for the Heat. It but they beat the Cavs. Be. <laughs> Didn't they beat the Cavs this year? Some, yeah, some yeah they did. They beat the Cavs. I think the Cavs have lost to the Nets, the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, Cavs are not doing well. Not doing well at all. I'm telling you, man. It, but it's early. It's, early, early, still it's early basketball. I don't think it's yeah, early. I think it's a must win. I, I, I'm, I'm no. sorry. Dude, you can't say anything like, is a must win in fucking dude, October. you cannot go two and five to start the season, bro. It's fucking October, guy. Two and five, guy. So what? That's That's two there's 80-something. So I think there's enough time dude, to even yeah, end up two and five. Oh, these guys are fragile psyche, bro. Fragile psyche. We're going to get an edu- uh, a lesson, yeah, uh, a lesson and, on that. Yeah, fragile psyche, and they came back from 11 and 30. Get out of here. Yeah, that was last year, but you can't do it twice, bro. Anyway, yep. as it stands right now, Magic are tied for first place in the East, <laughs> along with the Pistons. Uh, where are the Cavs? Bottom yeah, 10th yeah, place. The Knicks, the Knicks are ahead of the Cavs. Yeah, Cavs are in 10th, right? Sixers, yeah, something like that. I mean, we're, I mean, we're a game season. behind the Cavs. So. It's a regular season basketball. Yeah. Yeah, it does dude. not matter. Dude. All right, all right. I'm just saying, don't fucking lose to these shitty-ass Bulls, dude. They got one win. Hawks are 1-6, <laughs> too, bro. And out in the West, man, surprising. Uh, Golden State's they're, they're starting to come around after they what they lost like what two or three in a row almost. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they've come around. Steph Curry went crazy through his mouthpiece. Oh yeah, yeah. crazy guy, bro. Put him in an asylum. <laughs> <laughs> guy, some menace to society. Menace to society. Oh, that was another good costume. Easy E, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Oh, up like Easy E. Easy E. Yeah. That one looked really good. Yeah, like, he was, was good legit. One. Looked just like him, dude. What did, is, you see, did you see? What it? did uh, Menace to Society remind you no, of Easy well, you know, oh, <laughs> Anyway, did you see? Uh, have you seen? Have you seen Straight Outta Compton the movie? Oh, Crazy Motherfucker yeah, Name Ice Cream. Of course. What? You good saw movie. it? You see? No, it? I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I like it was actually better. really good, man. Yeah, I it was, thought it was it really, really good. good. It was definitely better than the Biggie movie. Yeah. The than Biggie the one movie? movie? The Biggie one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Have you seen the Tupac one? I haven't. I heard there's an iPhone in it. In the Tupac movie, I heard that too. I heard that too. There's an iPhone. They reference like social media, like. Yeah, it was, it was like poorly made. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was whack. It was whack. It was whack. Yeah. Oh, no. Can't do it. Come on. How do you do that, dumb shit? Like, it had battery. Like, like, it had, like, first day out. They were like, no, this is this is shit. Like, yeah. don't watch it. But I think it tempts me to watch it because you want to see that one dumbass that's, like, on Snapchat recording Tupac, you know? Like, <laughs> you know what? It's, it surprises me how people can invest so much money into such stupid things. And that's yeah, an man, example. millions it's, of dollars go into these productions. To, to productions, and you can't the oversight of a guy on an iPhone yeah. in a movie that's uh, you know a biopic about somebody who's been dead for twenty years. Mm-hmm. You can't have that, dude. That's yeah. like such a bad oversight. Like, yeah, like, like that's like, that that's guy can gr- never work again. Whoever was in charge, you know, that's that's minor leagues. You know, like, like, like I get upset when you see a uh, like a car that's like a few years newer than it's supposed to be yeah. in that time frame. You know what I mean? So to yeah. have a fucking iPhone is ridiculous. Tell you, bro, as much as I love the movie Forrest Gump, I'm still bashing my head because they're 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 screw- they're screwing us with the timeline. You know, like they're doing little magic uh, cinematic, you know, storytelling, and they're mm-hmm. like I, I I mentioned this a few weeks ago. There's this guy who made like a 10 minute long video on. On Facebook, yep, Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Uh, <laughs> talking about the, the the trying to break down the timeline of Forrest um, from when he was running to this, that, and it was just like, what year was this? Just all in depth. Like that's how I got to it, you know. Yeah. Let alone for some asshole yeah. to put a fucking iPhone in a Tupac movie, I'd just lose my shit, dude. You know, <laughs> that would just piss me off to no end. But um, all right. I think uh, any other basketball hot takes? No. No, I think we're good. good. All right, so let's. Uh, what we're gonna do now? Is we got a guest on the line. We got a new friend of the show. Yeah. Mr. Kevin George. Kevin George. He is a sports uh, yeah. Sports psychologist. Sports psychologist. Yeah. 
He studies some really cool stuff, and mm -hmm. we're going to talk to him right now. Going to get some insight on some things, talk to him a little about USA, what he does, and uh, what he's got upcoming. So let's, uh, let's bring him on. All right. We're here with Kevin George, uh, author of Soccerdemics. How are you doing, Kevin? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. It's late over here, so just trying to stay awake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go bed <laughs> <right> after. <laughs> Thanks again, and welcome to the show. Let me, let me ask you. It's, it's Halloween over here. Do you, guys, do you guys celebrate Halloween a lot over there? Yeah, yeah, we do, we do, man. Not, not as we don't do it as big as the Americans, but yeah, we do it. We celebrate here. Did you dress up this year? I mean, was that something you got into this year or no? <laughs> nah, I haven't got time. For that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, true story. I haven't had a trick or treater come by my house in like over ten years, so I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I'm carrying on the Halloween tradition by myself by dressing up, but it's not really going anywhere. <laughs> so it's been, a, it's been a bit of a struggle, but. Well, Kevin, again, thanks for uh, joining us. Um, we know that you've done a lot of work. You you were a soccer player first, and now you you help other players, you know, deal with the struggles of the game. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what you do? Yeah, so um, I do a lot of consultancy at Premier League football clubs. So, um, and I also do facilitation because the Premier League want to change the culture of football. Mm -hmm. So I deliver emotional literacy. I go to clubs. I talk about social and relational bullying, diversity and equality, how the, the, their mental skills can improve performance. So um, I, I literally kind of do everything that is nothing to do with football that affects football and players' well-being. Mm -hmm. And are you seeing more of that, you know, what you said, uh, the bullying or, or, you know, the mental health that it comes that comes with being a soccer player. Have you seen a, a transition or a progression in that, you know, from maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago to now? Is there a difference in any way? Um, there isn't really any difference, to be honest with you. I mean, at the moment, players are still pretending like there are no issues. So every time I go in, I've got a kind of, you know, get them to drop the facade in a way and say, look, let's get this session started. But first, you have to actually except there's a problem. Right. But that's what makes it a bit of fun, I suppose, anyway. So <laughs> if it was straightforward, it'd be a bit boring. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess every, even, you know, every, I guess every guy has their macho side, so they don't want to show any vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, so, I mean I'm, a, I'm a tough guy myself, so, <laughs> you know, I don't admit to anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask uh, you, do, would you say that a lot of the, like, the international players have issues more often than the local homegrown guys? Um, no, I think it's all the same. Players are players, you know. When they're, when they're at the club, it doesn't matter if they're international or not. Okay. And Kevin, okay, if you don't mind me getting too personal, I mean, you as a player, like, did you feel like you, uh, you know, you had to deal with those issues yourself or do you feel, you feel like you were a little more fortunate and you were able, you had a little more control? Like, how did you get into this? Yeah, I, I felt like I had, I dealt with it. When I was at West Ham, I did, because um, when I first went there, I was like the new boy, and I didn't, I, I was on trial, so mm -hmm. I felt like, I'd, I probably one or two almost kind of, almost made me feel a bit unwanted. So when you want something so bad, yeah. and you want to be a part of a team, and you've got one or two kind of highlighting that you're not really part of the team, it makes you kind of feel away, or well, I felt away, basically. Wow. That's pretty, it's, hey, it's, it's one of those things, it's like it's overlooked, you really, as a fan, and you're not involved yeah. in the sport, and you're not an athlete yourself, it's, it's very easy to overlook this, and you know, you kind of think that everybody's just and that's, there. That's kind of like a new thing, because mental health um, hasn't really taken importance, I personally, I think in, in people my age, until recently, people are starting to take into account yeah. mental health, and how important that is, and then, you know, to bring in that, like you said, you know, as a fan, you don't see 
the, you see the struggles on the pitch, you know, of, of, of how tough it is to be a soccer player, but you don't really know how the player feels in the locker room or the drive home or, you know, having to go to his family and deal with all that pressure. Yeah, yeah no, he earned the approval of your teammates to, for, to actually trust you with the ball. Once you do that, you've got earned the, earned the trust of your manager to get in the team. And you have to continuously do that. But then you don't even get a chance to be comfortable because once you do that, throughout the game, you're consistent doing it. And when you win a game, you've got to win the next game. If you win the league season, you've got to win the next, you know, the league the next season. So you're, it's, a, it's a pressure cooker. And that's why it's, there's so much banter and jokes in football clubs because you need to kind of even it out. So that's why the behaviour at football clubs is so silly and stupid because guys need to... It's almost like it's therapy, basically. So would you say that that um, playing well and winning is like the what is the remedy for for someone that's going through uh, some issues with their teammates to get resolved? Um, I wouldn't say it's a remedy. I would say yeah, like short term. It's almost like putting a plaster on a cut that keeps bleeding. This is why you have a lot of players who become addicted to drugs, gambling, and all other sorts of things. Because if you think about it, you're getting conditioned to get that win. That win almost becomes a high. Mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't solve the problem. What it does, it says, okay, this will do for now, but then you need to go and get that next win. Then you need to get the next win. And when you've got the years of chasing that win, you know, you're going to end up creating a, a behavior in a relationship that you have to go and change, chase something else to get that high as well. Yeah. Like you said, um, you know, the pressure these players have to go to. Obviously, the pressure is also kind of a good thing. It really, you know, brings the team together and really helps them step up. But you, as a, as a psychologist, you know, you kind of need to self-diagnose these players on the fly. You know, what's because it's a thin line between you know this pressure is good for him and this pressure is hurting him. So, what are some of the signs that you pick up on um, when having these casual conversations with the players or when you see them play that you know, okay, maybe I need to set this player aside, have a chat with him you know, something's up. What are some of the signs that you look for in a player? Um, well, <laughs> one of them would, would it be a sign? Obviously, they just have to say, look, I need to speak to someone. But what you would notice is a change in behavior in terms of performance. So uh, let me give you an example. Imagine you've just come back from a long-term injury or a new signing has been made in your position um, or you've, you've played bad recently. What I'd look at is, okay, if, say, you're playing centre midfield, when you get the ball, where you would usually now open up on your back foot to make the pitch big, you might just go and take the easy option. So now you're, you've, you've forced limiting beliefs because you, your confidence is gone. Your self-esteem is gone. Um, sometimes for players, if they have a, a background of moving a lot of clubs, what would happen is they develop performance insecurity. And this is a massive thing in football. So what would happen is, is that, <clears throat> do you guys know what shadow players? Sorry? Shadow player? Yeah. Do you know what shadow players? No, could you please uh, elaborate? What is a shadow player? So, sh sh so it's not a player. It's shadow play. So what will oh. happen is before a match, on, so if there's a match Saturday, a manager will basically set his team out um, and they will kind of like go through like a sequence of play, what they will do the next day. Like so they right, 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 like a walkthrough. Yeah, walkthrough. Oh, so okay. what will happen is, is because in football there's not much communication, players are always pulling information from the environment and think, okay, I'm not in that team that's doing shadow play, so that means I'm not starting tomorrow. Instantly, 
if they've come from a history of being dropped and being in that situation, their body language will change. Sometimes their, their attitude will change or they'll be, become aggressive. Um, and all of a sudden, their manager, they might not even say anything. Let's say, for example, they're not aggressive, but their manager will see that. And that manager will say, you know what, that person's got an attitude problem. But they don't realize that that performance insecurity is something that they've carried for maybe years or you know the last couple of seasons. Wow. And I've known players who have gone on to literally damage their career because what they do is because they feel so insecure that they would rather ruin the relationship first before they feel vulnerable and be dropped, if that makes sense. So if they can yeah, see yeah. a pattern that's happened before, what they'll do is they'll get into an argument with a manager because they don't want that manager to drop them. They want to be in charge. What they'll do is they'll say, do you know what, I'm leaving. But actually, it's because they're scared that they'll get dropped. Wow. 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 That's interesting. Right. Let, me, uh, let me ask you a little bit of, about... I'm sorry, Edwin has a question. Oh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to kind of follow up with that. Um, now, I've, I've, I have read about what you were talking about there, but I, I was curious, do you also deal with players that maybe have been playing um, for too long and like they're having trouble dealing with the fact that their career is winding down? Do you find that like as challenging, like telling somebody, hey, what you've worked at your whole life, what you've practiced for every day since you can remember, you, you're, you're just not capable of doing it at that level and you need to stop. Like, do you, do you find that? being just as challenging as the other issues so or more challenging. Swallow, yeah. Yeah. Cause like talking to somebody telling them, Hey, you know, it's time to retire. You can't play anymore, especially if they've been doing it for such a long time. Just, I mean, it's just, to me, that seems like so, so difficult. Yeah. Right? It's a massive problem for me. I stopped playing. I stopped playing at 22 because I fell out. I was emotionally drained. Um, and I didn't know what I was going to do because all my whole life was around football. Yeah. And so what happened was, I, luckily, I got a lot of TV opportunities around football. But the thing is, I, I fell out young enough that I could actually create a company and build a career. Whereas I know loads of players at the moment, the conversation's not difficult with them because they don't even have it. And that's the problem. So yeah. what, what you'll realize is that they will think, oh, do you know, it's going to last forever. And then they will have this epiphany, literally probably like the day before they retire. And then they'll start setting up social media accounts and coming up with these business ideas that aren't really serious. And I'm like, you've had a career where thousands upon thousands of people are interested in your every move. You could have paid someone or you could have started something then, and then you leave it to the last minute. I speak to loads of players who speak to me about wanting to do things. Yeah. But when it comes to that, I say, look, just give me a call, or I'm at this place, I've got this open office. I say, you know what? Saturday, come down. Not one player. And I've spoken to loads. Some, even some athletes as well, not one has said, you know what, okay, I'm going to come on this day. Or, you know what, ring me up and say, look, you know what, can you help me with this? It, none of them. It's crazy. Wow. So, what do you attribute yeah. that to? Um, I, think, I think they're at an age where they're almost like at a schoolboy age. Because, and I always say this, when, even when it comes to financial literacy, right? When you leave school in England... You know, obviously, people go to college or work. And what happens is, is you know, if someone says to you and you go to college, it's like, oh, do you want to go out Saturday night? You, you've got to think about your budget. You've got to think about maybe going to work. You've got to think about all these things. You play football. You don't have to think about anything. You get, every, you get everything free. You know, you're getting a certain amount of money. So when you, by the time it comes to retirement, these are questions you've never had to think about. So really and truly, you're 16 again in that situation. 
you know? Whereas other people, they've got those skills that they developed from 16. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. You know, and it's, I feel like it's also, you know, when you're, when you're an athlete, you have, you know, a bunch of people doing stuff for you. You're not, you're not really yeah. accountable to yourself. So that's got to, that's got to transition back exactly. to that, you know, I have to do everything for myself now, you know, not as much as attention is on me when you're used to that for, you know, maybe 20 years, what, uh, you know, a good professional sports career, it, it could be a lot for these players, huh? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you're told what to do, where to be, and you're given so many, so much. So when it's time for you to kind of take control yourself, it's quite difficult. Great. All right. Let me, let me, uh, transition to the U S team for a minute before, uh, before we wind down. Uh, I, I actually think there's some similarities here with what's going on with U.S. soccer. Oh, oh and, uh, uh, one thousand percent. Yeah. What's What's your take on what you believe was the issue of why they didn't qualify? You know what? U.S. soccer for me is so interesting. I mean, so just to kind of give you an insight, I've got a few friends over there. So Bradley White Phillips at Red Bulls, Lloyd Sam mm-hmm. at DC United, and oh, um, wow, yeah. Fred, and Craig Rocastle, whose last team was KC um, Wizards, and he, like he Craig Craig's like a like, one of my best friends. So when he first went over, he spoke to me about the system out there. And there's so in terms of why um, you know USA failed to qualify for um, for the World Cup. I think there's so many issues around it. So one being is I never know what team they to put out. Like I know that you're always going to have the regulars like. Um, Back in the day, it was Landon Donovan, and you have a few more. Now, it's like Clint, Clint Dempsey's kind of taken that role, and you have a few more, and then a few of those guys play maybe in Germany. A few of them will play in the, the U.S. Men's Soccer League. But the problem is, it's almost like there's no real identity for U.S. soccer. So that's one of the issues. And also, is that you? I don't really know the players, like, how can I say this? You guys, about two years ago, you had like the, one of the best under-17 teams in the world. And yeah. I spoke to a few of those players. They beat France, they beat Brazil, they beat England. Um, one of the guys is Luca De La Torre, he plays for Fulham. And then the others, they're just slowly just, you know, just disappearing because they can't get into Europe. They can't get into big clubs. So then what happens is the guys who end up making it into the US and soccer team are the ones who luckily are American playing in the in the um, MLS so you're not even getting the best of your own players yeah. so, so I mm. feel like you're almost getting some of the best American players who are luckily they've got European ancestry so they can get into Europe competing against the best but then you're getting the the guys who aren't the best um, American players but they're just lucky enough to play in the, the MLS league yeah, because I, I'll put it to you like this if I was um, a young player playing for the U.S. men's or not the men's, but the youth team, basically, if I'm not getting over to Europe and I've got to go to, that's a massive commitment to potentially not earn much money. Because in England, the good thing about it is there's a good chance you, or in Europe, you can earn a lot of money. But even in the U.S., if you're committed to, say, basketball and those other sports, you can earn a lot of money. But with the soccer if you make it through in, in MLS, you might not earn that much of a, you know, not, I mean, it's a, all right, it's a good living, but in comparison, that's a massive commitment to something that of a short career, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the problems with our, dev- our developmental system is, is exactly that, you know, 
they have it structured in a way where the top talent, once you know they're out of the U17, U18, U21, that they come with the MLS because by that time they're assigned with the MLS Academy. You know, and I think I agree with you. You know, if you really want these players to develop into being the next Dempsey's and next Landon Donovan's and you know Polisics and furthermore, you need to have them training at the best facilities in the world. Obviously, MLS is not the case. You would have them in Europe. So I think I agree with you. You know, that's one of the problems that they need to fix. You know, ship these kids out to Europe. You know, where that's where the real big boys play. And if you want to prosper as a player, you want to prosper in Europe, not necessarily the MLS. And you know what? As well, the problem you've got as well with the the franchise system works in the other sports, but I think America has to change that system with soccer because one hundred percent, yeah. It, it does. It's not going to work, and I think it needs to be able to fit in with the rest of the world if it wants to compete. And unfortunately, that's part of the reason that's holding them back. Another thing that's holding them back is, I mean, I'm I'm in the states probably once a year, and one of the things I've noticed recently, which I'm happy with, is that I'm seeing mainly in New York and New Jersey, I'm seeing more football um, goals and pictures going up. But before, it, it was more of a middle class sport, and I think that the best players come from working class backgrounds and. That's where there was a massive gap in the US. And it's strange, but it's happening in England now where football's becoming a work, a, a middle-class sport. Yeah, I think the pay-for-play system has been um, one of the highly, more criticized parts of, of, of US soccer. And it's very uncommon because as in, the, in Major League Baseball, in the NFL, you have these programs targeted towards inner-city kids, towards the working class, you know, to, to play these sports. And then little by little, they do get scouted because these, uh, these academies or these leagues sponsored by the leagues themselves, um, you know, they're meant for that, to pull kids out of the inner cities and take them into baseball, take them into, into American football. So that's one of the problems that, that, that we see with American soccer because a lot of kids fall through the cracks because their mom and dad can't pay the thousands of dollars to play on a travel team mm -hmm. to, you know, travel, you know, across the country to get scouted, yeah. you know, and that's, exactly. that's a big issue that America has. And my, what I, my take from this is that they haven't used the U.S. Soccer Federation to be the governing body of soccer. They've used it as a business for profit. Yeah. And that has been my problem. You know, I think as soon as we get a change of a changing of the guards, per se, and we have a president that realizes what the U.S. Soccer Federation is, which it's not a business, it's a governing body. You know, and then yeah. and even and that happens in all government, in all government, the people come first before your salary, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and just feeding it back to the failure for to qualify, you have to realize, like, if I was Christian Pulisic, how do you, how do you say his name? Is it Pulisic? Pulisic, Pulisic yeah. Pulisic. Yeah, yeah. If I was him, so I'm, I'm, at, I'm at Borussia Dortmund, I'm playing with some of the top European talent who are playing for their countries, who have got, they've got the football out there, so they're looking at the cognitive skills. They, they literally do, they produce some of the best talent in the world. And I'm playing at that level, training those guys every day. And then when I meet up with my teammates, I'm training with guys who are not getting nowhere near the standard of training I'm getting. Yeah. On a senior level, there's going to be such a disconnect. And, and that's the problem. There's such a huge imbalance within that, the team because you've got people like him or people like Dempsey went Fulham and you've got guys who are in the MLS. And the thing is, the MLS, one thing we say in England is that the Americans do not muck around. When it comes to fitness... They are on another level. Yeah. But I feel that they would need to definitely invest in getting coaches from Europe to bring culture, to bring so the and, and actually to create a culture um, of their own. Yeah. 
And I think that's what's missing at the moment. I mean, it's great to bring some players from Europe to kind of help out in the league, but it's not really helping the US. It's bringing attention, but I feel that the coaches exactly. need to come to create the US culture. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the, the motto here has been, like you said, they're bringing in players for attention <laughs> because attention puts money in their pockets, but culture is what's going to create you know, longevity exactly. and create a better product overall, but they when, don't want to invest long-term. When was the last time the MLS created their own star? You know, and yeah. that's, you know, the, that, the first thing that comes out of my head was Giovinco because when he came from, from, Ju- from Juve, he wasn't that big. He got, he, you know, he got more of attention on him here because obviously the league is a walk in the park for him. But I, I, but he also came from head, Juve. He didn't come exactly, from like Girona yeah. that just beat Real Madrid. He came from an, an established point, yeah. team. He just couldn't, you know, crack the right. first squad, so the first team. But yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I down here, we're just, you know, in, in Miami, we have, um, I don't know if you're aware that Beckham has this, like, planned bid to build a team here for first division MLS and it's been ongoing since like 2012. We should be in our second year of the league right now yeah, we should and be we don't even have a stadium. We don't set. even have a yeah. team name. Yeah. We're not even actually, we haven't even gotten a team officially yet. That, that, that's true. That hasn't even that's been true. officially declared that we are the team. Um, so that's just been in the works but now what we do have down here is we have a really great second division team. They're the best in the league. They just won the, the spring season. They won the fall season. The playoffs are on Sunday where they take on the New York Cosmos here at home. And they are led by, well, they're owned by an incredible owner who's totally committed to, you know, winning, building the right thing. 100%, but, he's also, yeah. but he also wants to, he's, he's a, an advocate. He says he could buy a franchise in MLS. He could buy his way in there, but that's not what he wants. He wants open soccer. He wants promotion and relegation. That's the only thing he wants. He wants to be able to, to give other places the opportunity to, to build and have a chance to, to succeed at the top level. And unfortunately, right now, the MLS is kind of like a monopoly. They control all the pieces. They control everything, and you know, and you have to pay to get in. That's yeah, and it. it's got, it's gotten to a point where the NASL is actually suing um, the U.S. Soccer Federation just for that for monopolizing the sport. Um, because the thing is, here in U.S. Soccer, in order to be a Division Two, II, Division Three, every certain couple of years, you need to basically bid for it, you know, and 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 apply for 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 promotion or, or relegation between Division Three, Division Two. What happens with NASL? is that U.S. soccer always gives them, you know, oh, okay, cool, but you need to have a certain number of teams in each time zone, or each team needs to have this amount of, of, of money with them or whatever like that. So every time they apply for a new status or they apply for Division One or Division Two, there's always another hurdle they need to jump through. So, you know, I think that's one of the bigger issues with, with, with Second Division. What's your take on the whole division here? With the whole thing in America, and, and what have you guys heard over in England on the whole situation with the U.S. Soccer Federation? Um, to be fair, we haven't really heard much. I mean, all I know is that the second division has been very attractive from a, for a business point of view. Um, I can't remember because I read something on it a little while ago, hence why I was saying that Eden Hazard, Eden Hazard and, and Barr and a few others have bought one club. Drop yeah, that's the, one. the new San Diego um, club that's set to start playing next season, yeah. Sorry, say that again? No, that, that, yeah, the Dembaba and uh, Eden Hazard, they both, um, and I believe a third, uh, I think it was... One of the Dembele's, I don't know. Yeah, which yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they partnered up, and they're, the club that they purchased is uh, 1904 FC, which is the San Diego-based team that starts playing uh, next season. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, you're exactly and right. They've, they've, they're, the, the interest is there. It's there, yeah. It's there, but, like, how far can, can, these, uh, can these teams go? That's the, that's the question. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, they can go as well as the coaches that are there because everyone's buying them. Everyone's putting money into the clubs, but the bottom line is... It's just people playing football. Yeah. 
Um, money can do so much. Money can bring in the best at the time, but that's when coach comes into play. I mean, to, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Eden Hazard, for example, was a top player, but will he? That doesn't mean that he can transition to understand what's needed at a club and how to manage people. So, oh yeah, we would never know. We would never really know. I think the whole system, on a whole, is what's holding U.S. soccer back. So. I mean, do you know what? And do you know what's quite interesting is that um, U.S. soccer is probably the best position if it changed its rules slightly. Reason being is because it's so close to South America, probably the most skillful players in the world they can get access to. Yeah. yeah. Plus, they, plus, because of in England, um, players won't go to USA straight away, but because there's so many um, such shortage of places, and we love going to the U.S., so the lifestyle is so good that you can actually capitalise on the European players like Giovinco, who went from Juve. There'll be plenty more people like him. Like Thierry Henry, he did go to the US late in his career, but he had offers for, to go China for a lot more money. Yeah. Um, so a lot, of foreign, a lot of European players will go there. A lot of South American players will go there. So the setup, but it could be brilliant, regardless of whether it's MLS or the one below. Yeah. You know? But I think it's just, it's just how it's governed. I think that's the main problem at the moment. Now, um, going back on, on, on big players jumping the ship uh, to go into the MLS, David Beckham was the first, one of the first big players to jump ship. And apparently he, it, it's being told that the popularity of the MLS skyrocketed around the world because of you know, the name David Beckham. How much more attention did the MLS get in England knowing that you know, one, of your, one of the best players to play for England yeah. you know, transitioned there? Did the popularity go up in England? Oh, massively. Like, I mean, you would see highlights of LA Galaxy. No one even knew LA Galaxy existed before Beckham went there. You would see LA Galaxy um, jerseys in the sports shops. Really? So he, yeah, he wow. put it on the map. He, yeah, it, it was all cool. over the place. Yeah, it's the whole Beckham brand, man. Yeah, he put yeah. one in my closet, too. I bought a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I had a glasses here, too, yeah. <laughs> right next yeah. to my Henri uh, Red Bulls jersey, too. <laughs> but, uh... But wow, yeah, that's you know, Kevin. I really appreciate you coming on. I I just wanted to thank you uh, for for the insight, for the talk here. And uh, do you? I know you had a your book coming out. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that before uh, before we wrap up yeah. here? Yeah. So the book it was meant it was going to come out in the November, but I'm going to push it to the new year now because I've I've had quite a a few foot. Well, I've, I've interviewed quite a few players for it, but I've had even more come forward. But the book is called Socademics: Inside the Minds of the Professionals on the Pitch. Reason being, I, I wrote the book is for my experience as a player and now consulting football and to speak to players in the change rooms or outside of football. And, and the conversations I have with them, they never speak about these things in their interviews or they don't share it because they feel like, you know, players get silenced. So I've got chapters on un, unconscious competence and, and thinking without thinking because to be a top footballer, there's so much happens within every split second on the pitch that the cognitive skills are so important and footballers are so clever, but people don't see it. Yeah. Um, I talk about the art of football and how data changing that, um, whether it's good or bad. I talk about culture of football. So I dig into how total football is developed by Renus Michels and, and, Yo- and Johan Cruyff and yep. how Guardiola developed it. And coincidentally, actually, Guardiola was working for Man City the person who laid down the foundations for total football is actually an Englishman who was born in Manchester and his first club was Manchester City. Oh, yeah. oh, so, um, 
So I go into the details and crux of football, but I interview players who kind of give their story, players from all around the world who, um, you know, give it as from their culture or just from their experience. And, and also talking about street players, as I kind of touched on earlier, but how their, you know, street mentality and their fearlessness is appreciated because you see it flourish on the pitch, but then there's not enough to support their behaviours when they do step out of line. And someone who I interviewed for that, Bradley Wright Phillips, because we grew up in the area, so I know that we could relate, and I know Bradley's story really well. Wow. So, so yeah, that, I touch on all those things, and even down to finances, parents, how they can support their kids become footballers, and, you know, it's, it's almost like a bit of an encyclopedia into football. Wow. That's interesting. That's really, really cool. And you know what? We'll be sure to pick up a copy once uh, once it's out. Keep us posted. Let us Definitely, know when yeah. that is. And, uh, I will do. Kevin, thank you so much again. Gus, you got anything else? No, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I know that it was a little bit uh, frustrating with all the difficulties, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right, nice one. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for being patient. Have a good night. And, uh, you know, good luck for Arsenal in Europa League. <laughs> I had to get one in there. I had to get one in there. <laughs> Pleasure. Take right. care, Kevin. Bye bye. Bye bye. Right, right, right. All right. So that was uh some pretty enlightening stuff there, bro. Yeah, man. I think that was a pretty good that was really interesting uh interview with Kevin George. Yeah. I got made us think made us think about some things that we probably hadn't thought of before. Yeah, and it's it's I think I really some of you know, I really got some good takeaways from there and I it's 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 as a fan a lot of that part of the game and the work up to these athletes and mm-hmm. everything that they've done, I think, gets lost. You like, know, it, it's crazy because the you think about the emotions that we go through as fans. Yeah. yeah. The highs, the lows, the uncertainties when we see our team on TV, mm-hmm. you know, and we get pretty antsy and anxious about it. Imagine the guys that are actually doing it, what they're going through is like a thousand times. Yeah, you know, and we course. legit we're have feeling. a disconnect yeah. because exactly. once the game is over, we could be upset or everything. But the next yeah. day, it's like whatever. Like we might still be upset, but these guys live with that, dude. Yeah. Like um, uh, going back to the baseball, uh, Joe Carter, when he hit that home run, the reliever who he hit it off of to win the World Series was Mitch Wilding Williams. Yeah. This guy was like, this guy was like Kenley Jensen. Like mm-hmm. this guy was like was legit. Great closer. Great closer. Yeah. And after that, couldn't pitch again, dude. His career was got the yips. Shit. Dude, horrible. But it wasn't just the yips. It was just the mental part of it. Yeah. You know, like it. Well, wasn't that's just what the yips a, are. No, no, it wasn't. Okay, it wasn't just like being able to. Well, when I associate yips as playing catch, like I can't even do yeah, it. But yeah. like the guy just couldn't like pitch like yeah. anything. Like it was just, it was bad. But it's it's crazy, and and it doesn't matter the sport, whether it's soccer, yeah. mm-hmm. whether it's football, baseball. Like it's 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 fascinating. But really cool. Thanks again to to Kevin for for joining us, and uh, that was a fun time. Um, let's. Carry on the soccer. Of course, yeah. Let's get into some Miami FC. Big game this weekend. Yeah, big first, game. First Huge playoff game. game. First yeah. playoff game in the history of the club. First playoff game in, in the history. Short history. Of the club. <laughs> and uh, so here's 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 what's going down. This weekend, if you really want a taste of of a little different sports culture here in South Florida, this is a great weekend to do it. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the last game first though, because those are pretty. No, games. no, I, 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 we're going to talk about. It, but I'm just saying this weekend is a great weekend. Mm-hmm. If you, Saturday, you got my uh, FIU. With their homecoming game. So right. you want to catch an upcoming, exciting to watch football team with a great coach in an up-and-coming environment, go head over to the Ricky, catch FIU for the homecoming game Saturday night. And then... Hide somewhere in the stadium. So hide you can somewhere stay. in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Stay overnight. A bit. Yeah, no problem. Because then Sunday at, uh, I believe, Pitch 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock Sunday? Yeah, 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock Sunday. Miami FC is going to, like you said, host their first ever playoff game against another legendary team in the New York Cosmos. 
uh, defending champion Cosmos, right? Yeah, one last defending season. champs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So They're in the first the most, semifinal match, that's probably the most story franchise in in NASO. In NASO, man. So with that being said, I mean, there's there's a lot to do this weekend locally, and you can do it all in one place. Big game, not a big game. Big game. Big game. Big game. Yeah, big you game. know, I, fun fact: if we do win the championship, we'll be the fastest team. Fast expansion team in Miami to win a championship. Okay, nice. Dude. We Before always expand was, very fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before it was the Marlins, I think it took them, what, four years? Five years. Five, five years, years for the Marlins. It, yeah. It's going to take Miami FC, if it does happen, two years. Two years you yeah. know? That's, that's, that's wild in any sport. You yeah. Know? yeah, man. Which is crazy. And then, like you said, this weekend, this past weekend, they capped off their incredible run by that's winning like, the fall. That's like if Ronnie Cycli would have won an NBA championship. In the yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, but anyway, they, they capped off their, their incredible run of form all season long. They, uh, they beat, what did we beat this weekend? <laughs> FC Edmonton. FC Edmonton. There you go. Still, still, uh, undefeated against FC Edmonton. Still undefeated. Gave up their first goal against them on a penalty. Yeah. Mike LaHood, uh, <laughs> friend of the show. Um, anyway, so, but it, it was a good game. They came back. Poku showed up. I think, I think that was my big takeaway from the game this weekend. Yeah. Was. Oh, Poku, man. Poku, like, finding his form. Because yeah. it wasn't just. You know, that he scored a goal. No, he scored two goals. And the way he scored them, the way he got himself in a position. It was nice. It was the way, nice. He, for, the way for he dominated. The, yeah. For the first time in, in, a, in a while, I saw him confident on the ball. And I yeah. saw him score two goals that, you know, it showed that his confidence was up. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Like, he really, he really, you know, he put the weight of the team on his back yeah. and said, hey, yeah. I got this. You know, Pino, Pino's been, you know, lights out all season. Jaime Chavez had this incredible resurgence at the end, and uh, for the second for the second half of the season here has been great. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 have Benella. you know what you got with Enzo. He's been phenomenal too right. when healthy, and you have this choice. Dylan Mars, Dylan has Mars been great, too. man, Dude, all season long. Miami FC has four out of the top ten scorers in yeah. the league, and our, the the number one assist guy is Jaime Chavez. So go figure. Yeah. They, they're across the board. They're, they're great. The, uh, uh, Vega Daniel Vega has been playing at an exceptional level all season long. You know. Yeah. Um, we're not making the mistakes that we made last season, the, the, the fundamental mistakes, you know, Tim, somewhere Tim Duncan is happy going, I like how they play, you know? And, (laughs) uh, it's, it's been great. It's been fun to watch the, the excitement has been there. And I'm just hoping, I really hope that, that people turn out on Sunday because it's going to be a big game against the thing. I want to see a crowd like we saw for those, uh, for those uh, Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup games. Oh, that was so much fun, dude. No, it was. And was the energy so that fun. you get, that goal that he scored, uh, Poku scored against yeah, Atlanta, Poku, was probably oh. one of the coolest season, bro. That's that one was, of the most amazing sports things I've witnessed in, in real life. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's seriously one of the coolest things I ever saw in person. And I was walking back, I was uh, walking back because I was visiting some friends that were there at the Sands mm-hmm. and I'm walking back to the press box and right in the middle, you know, just Poku. And I, I swore we were going to extra time already. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know where Poku just scores and like I feel a stadium shake. Oh, yeah. You dude. know, that was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, it really was, dude. It's phenomenal on all sides, man. It's just great. It's been an awesome season. Yeah. The I, I like that I'm at this point because we have this home playoff game. We win this. We get to host the championship game the yeah. following week. Yeah. The following Sunday, we have back-to-back, you know. And to be honest, it's the only thing that's making me sad is that this could be the last two games for the season. Then I got to wait a while until they come back around, you know. Yeah. I've, been, I've really enjoyed this season. It's been and- it's and with so the NSO fun, in kind of a weird place. Yeah, you know? I'm a little skeptic about mm. what, what can happen. I don't know. I think the team's going to be there regardless, whether yeah, it's NASO or there. USO or I mean, whatever. It's, it's, it's pretty obvious now that yeah. Miami FC is the powerhouse of the league. No oh, more yeah. New York Cosmos. Yeah. And as the thing is, um, the NASO gave a lot of leeway to the New York Cosmos because you were the New York Cosmos. You know, Pelé, Beckenbauer, yeah. you know, the whole yeah. spiel. Now it's Miami FC. And I think it was Miami FC, it's like the hipster team, you know, this cool new team with bright colors who mm-hmm. have teams that just up and down the lineup have stars. Yep. You know, I feel like regardless of how 
the NASO might end up. Is it still going to be around by next year? Yeah. We really don't know. But for sure, Miami FC will be playing somewhere because yeah. you know this is too hot of a ticket. You know, to not too hot of a team yeah. to yeah. just you know. Yeah, yeah, be defunct until we restart the league, you know? No, 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 yeah, no, it, it can, it can. You got, you have everything you want. It's the best franchise in South Florida. You know, you got an ownership group that's committed. You got a, a fan base that wants it. You got a product on the field that's exceptional. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, you know, Sunday, man, be there to carry it on. Um, at this last game when we beat um, FC Edmonton, we uh, we got some interesting words, you know. At the at the time, we didn't know if we were going to play the Cosmos or uh, NCFC. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we were that was still up in the air, but we everyone we spoke to, including you know team captain Mike Lahoot, said, "I want the Cosmos." You know, straight yeah. up, he just yeah. said, "I want the Cosmos." Yeah. You know, he's got a little personal beef having played there before. You know, so he he wants to, and like you said, they've been the bar. You know, they've yeah. been the bar of the league for the last few years, the yeah. defending champions. So you want to you be the best, it's, you got to beat the best. And it's, it's going to go through them. Exactly. You know, unless... you know, here's the thing. When you think, uh, NA, when anybody thinks, just a casual NASL fan, they think New York Cosmos has a team that's had the most history, you know, in, in America. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a it's a big statement piece, you know, to have this, this, this hot team two years in the league, you know, knock off a champ, you know, first yeah, round, not, the New York Cosmos. Team there, yeah. That is so, you know... Yeah, um, that's crazy. Yeah, that's what what a statement to make. Exactly. Know? So definitely, guys, you know, get out there, go support the team, man. Forget all this. Oh, did you see the pump fake by Beckham again this week? Oh yeah. What a fucking time! <laughs> oh, was it when he said he had a big uh, announcement? Yep, big yeah. announcement. And it was his shoes. Come oh on, Bex. Yo, all these MLS Miami guys, man, dude, I I like the passion. I like that they're excited about this. But you know what? You already have a team here, man. Turn around and support the yeah. team that you have here. You don't have to wait for some rich guy to keep playing with everybody and keep hanging on every limb and tweeting out about, oh, what radio station should carry the games. We don't even have a fucking franchise yet. Yeah. Who gives I, a shit about that? This is what I hate the most. Now that we're going off a little bit. Yeah. This, this is what I hate the most about the Miami soccer. I think Miami, the Miami sports market, we're too demanding, first of all. Way yeah. too demanding. We yeah. lose the game, and then now everybody hates us. Second of all, people, people complained for so long. We need soccer in Miami. Look at the the... The, the Latin community that we have here. Yeah. Soccer is mainstream in, in, in the U.S. now. Yeah. We have a team? No, I don't want to watch them because, you know... Uh, it's, it's not a, fancy it's, enough. It's not it's fancy. Not or or it's, not, it's not MLS, and uh, they're not playing against the Prem League. Well, of course, we're not going to play the Prem League, you smart. We're, <laughs> we're here in America. What, like, you know, like, like it, they're not making valid arguments. So if you want to see soccer at its highest, dude... Yeah, I, I, love, I loved it this week because they were showing that tweet, and they're like, oh, big announcement for Beckham in, the, in these... And I, I, like I said, I'm not trying to take a shot at these guys. I'm really not. I, I admire the passion. I really do. I think it's great. I just mm-hmm. also think it's a little blind passion. And if you really care about the sport as much as you, you, yeah. you say you are, support what you have. Support bro. what you yeah. have. When, when, if, when it does happen, like it might happen, but it's still not a for sure thing that it's going to happen. Then you can go. You can go. Yeah. You who, can who's go to say? Support. Who's to say you can't support Miami FC and yeah, then go dude. support you know whatever Beckham's team hey, is going to be called? Soccer here in Miami is easy. Look, in in what was it? A year we already had Miami FC since the first announced. You know yeah. what? We're going to yeah. have Miami FC. You know how many hoops the Beckham group has had to jump through? First, we want a stadium. They need to have a stadium downtown. Dude, we've you been need to have this whatever. 2012. You need to have bro. a 20. Year, you need to have a 20 year plan. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it doesn't have to be that hard. It's you have the money. Do you have a stadium? Can you get players? Boom! Here you have a team. Yeah, and you they, know. And they, and I hate that regurgitated photograph of Beckham at the Pam 
with a little scarf talking yeah. about, oh, I'm going to have a team here. That was in 2012. We dude. should be, this team should be at its second, we should be in our second season, yeah. third season, MLS yeah. season already. We were yep. supposed to start a year before LAFC, which would have been this season because LAFC starts next season. Right. And LAFC is, you know, they're starting next season. They're already building a stadium. They're doing everything. And we don't even have an official franchise yet. We don't have, it hasn't been officially awarded to us. Because in a shorter time, legal. Atlanta has started a franchise, Good, grown a fan base, Great point, gotten yeah. homegrown yeah. players. Brought, like how in our interview that, that we have with Kevin, we bring a world-class coach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We develop Tata a soccer Martino. culture. And like in in literally a year. Yep. They set the record for the largest attendance Dude, at an MLS game. They, bro- they set and broke the record multiple times. Atlanta season. becomes yeah. a hotbed for U.S. soccer. And now the MLS All-Star game is going to be in Atlanta next yeah. year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's... It doesn't. It's not that hard, guys. It's not that hard, you know? and I and I understand Beckham's group because Miami is such a messed up city, and I understand they've been met with incredible difficulties. Do you think the I'll Marlins have taken part? You know, with the whole people at the stadium. That's oh, why. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. Hard, no, I'm you know? telling you, there's a lot of people involved in this process that are trying to stick their hand in this pot. Yeah. And and if they can't get what they want, they're not letting other people get it. And I think that's the the the, the legal political issues that have been plaguing um, Beckham since he started this. But I also think the PR team for Beckham and the people who are handling this stuff have done the absolute worst, shittiest job. Because it's, it's you, got these, you got these diehard fans that are here that are just blindly supporting this man and not supporting what they already have done here. You know, you got these fans here and you're not appealing to them. Instead, you're teasing them with things and then they're going out regurg- uh, re- re- retweeting and regurgitating mm-hmm. your, your announcement thinking it's something big and it's not. It's a garbage again. It's about a shoe. You know, so you're doing this to them and not once, not one time since all this stuff has come out has Beckham himself or anybody on his team come out and said, hey, bro, hang in there, guys. You know, we're still working on this. We haven't forgotten about you guys. Yeah. We're still trying. It, there hasn't been, like, not no, even one just exactly, like, there, try to calm there, them. There's no showing an, uh, an intention. And people yeah, no forget, you know, Beckham, Beckham, his idea wasn't to start soccer in Miami. It was what big market doesn't have a soccer team at the time. Yeah. Miami doesn't. Exactly. His contract that he signed with the LA Galaxy, with the, LA Galaxy, yeah, with the MLS, the mm-hmm. told him, hey, you know what? When you retire, since you did so much for us, let me give it back to you. Yeah. You yeah. get to start your own franchise. So he basically, you know, pick and choose. Let me pick out of a hat. Because, mm-hmm. um, what was it? Uh, I think it was a year ago or uh, some, like a, a time ago. Uh, he said, you know what? Soccer isn't working in Miami because they don't like me. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to Las Vegas. Exactly. I think I'm going to go to Tampa. You know, so Miami really isn't his priority, even though he says it, but everybody knows that's PR, dude. Yeah. You know, it's, I want a team because I need to make money, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And that's, and that's the thing, man. Like I said, Beckham gets a, an F grade on this, the way his team has handled it, no, as far yeah. as like, you know, dealing with the fans. And then these diehard fans here, dude, you guys get an F2, man, because you've had a great team here. And if you love the sport, go do it, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. As much as I love the Marlins, if there was another baseball team here that I can, you know, root for and give some support to, I would, you know? Hey, I love the Canes, but I go watch FIU football games. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that, man. man. Nothing's going to take away from the fact that the Canes are great. Dodgers just won the game. Game seven will be tomorrow night. Get ready for it. And, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just one of those things, man. Like it, it, it that part is really disappointing. And you kind of kind of I'm not going to feel bad about laughing at you guys the other night for that fucking retweet thing. man. It's oh, so yeah, good. Man. Uh, so, while, while, while we're celebrating, if we do, you know, win the NASL championship, yeah. they'll be, you know, be sulking, like, uh, sulking in yeah, there. They missed that on the couch because he missed it. And they're still waiting time, for man. precious little Beckham to, you know, I'm going to continue to be a cocky Miami fan and say that, you know, we got this, bro. So. Oh, yeah. All right, I think uh, I think it's that time we wrap up, bro. Yeah, we've got an interview. We had you know two new Enriques. <laughs> um, we've had everything. We got Nesta joining us here in person. Um, man, it's been a hell of a show. 
Thank you both. I'm happy though. Yeah, thank you guys for 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 coming out, Chris. I know you're mad a few words, but you. Yeah. I know you were there. You were chipping along. I know soccer's not your your expertise there, but uh, but hey, took some great pictures this week in the rain. By the way, I meant to tell you those are those are really cool pictures. I think you. I don't know if you saw the cover shot that I used. It was I really like that. Yeah, I really like that picture you took. Um, but uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us, Ferb. Yeah. Welcome to Lemon City, bro. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I absolutely had a blast. Whenever I can come back again, I'd absolutely love to. Awesome, uh, awesome. Once Definitely. again, you guys can follow me on social media, uh, Twitter, at FerbRojas underscore, Instagram, at FerbRojas, Snapchat, Ferb799. That's right. Snap me, argue with me. I love arguments. I usually win. So. I'll follow him. <laughs> give me, so give me your best. Give me your best. I'm going to follow him on right. Snapchat after yeah. this. But, uh, but yeah, it's hey, it's been great. Happy Halloween, guys! Uh, it's a day late. I hope you you know had a good Halloween when you listen to this, and it was fun. It was a good time. I definitely did. Dodgers won. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> uh, I gotta go uh, take care of some stuff now. But Gus, it's been a pleasure. Hit the horns. Send us home. <laughs>